We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Welcome to the Moosehead Roots Podcast. This is episode 172 of the pod. Alongside Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso here to talk on another Bears Victory Tuesday. It's a victory. It's a victory. It's an interesting insert, one. It's a it's an insert day here next to victory anytime you win. It, it's going to be a victory Saturday until they play on Sunday. That's my new rule. True. We gotta, That's fair. We got to soak them up. We got to relish them all because, yes, the Bears did just play what could be considered two of their easier games this season, if not two of the easiest games this season on the schedule. It was in no way another uh, glowing example of offensive prowess, but it is a win. Um, we were we will dig into the Bears, the performance, things we like, things we didn't like, expectations, uh, and thus. But uh, some breaking news just about oh, about an hour ago, hour here, ago prior to taping. Again, Just how we planned it. They, they throw us a bone here. We tape late on a Tuesday, and we get Billy Donovan as the new head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, what can only be considered here a, a, a glowing success of a hire. Has um, to be. All the names out there, all the openings that currently exist, uh, whether they that be the Houston Rockets, the Philadelphia 76ers. There's some big-time jobs. New Orleans with a star there and, and a group they want to groom. There's some big openings there, and for Billy Donovan to identify Chicago as the place he wants to be, the group he wants to coach, it's a good sign for all things considered. I agree. Do you want do do we want to start here? Do we want to start with the Bears? Get into this Let's later. Do Bulls. Let's do Bulls. It feels breaking. Let's okay, get a couple fair. minutes here. I, um, I, I, I don't have a ton to say about it other than like when Billy Donovan gets fired by the team that he took to the playoffs. Was that a firing or was years. that a mutual like, hey, we're kind of uh, done here? Call it would call it what you want. I, I had Avery Johnson on uh, a CBS Sports HQ. He contributes with us. Fantastic stuff for NBA, and you know he's a, sorry about that. He's an NBA coach. Uh, he's is a. He's a NBA coach, NBA head coach, college head NBA coach, head coach, the coach, coach of the year. Um, he's he won a championship with the Mavericks as a player. Like he knows how these things work. And he said he told me straight up when Billy Donovan got fired the day that he got fired. He goes, Joe, uh, you can call it what you want, mutual this, that, or the other. Th- this is just verbiage. Like mm-hmm. he got fired. He now has to move his family. This is not like like I don't think Billy Donovan wanted to jump ship with a young OKC squad. I think Oklahoma City saw themselves plateaued with Billy Donovan as their head coach. I don't know if that's right, wrong, or otherwise, but I think he's the perfect type of head coach for the Bulls and where they're at in their maturation process. It will from I, and now you would. Sorry for the train in the background there. Yeah, a lot of. Uh, well, you know, this, I'm, I, this is this are, feels I very. Like hitting, uh, I feel like you're hitting audio drops that like are like this, out of place. Like, this feels very. Uh, this feels very lost episode to me. I, I'm sitting. I, I just played around a golf. I'm sitting out on a nice back porch, and just opened a Coors Light. So I, this feels very similar to that to me. Sorry for. I'm, I'm sorry for the outside noises here. Um, God, you got a but little... it's I guess open a light. Just just very simple for me. I'm hearing a train though. Oh well, there's a, I'm at the lake house in Michigan. Here we got train tracks about uh, a few blocks away. So I mean, you can hear it when it's going by. It's a big freight train. It likes honking the horn, letting you know it's coming by. Podcast might might need a producer here. Well, you know that's me. I'm the executive producer. I can I can do a little producing around that. I can put, put the mic put the mic next to train tracks here. But Billy Donovan, go. Billy Donovan. Um, from what I kind of at least what I assumed and kind of at least read briefly on Twitter, Greta, you've talked to people closer to the situation. I would probably have more um, insight to it than I do. I kind of felt like it was more of Oklahoma City was going the full rebuild process, and he wasn't exactly 
wanting to go through that from the start. And granted, the Bulls aren't quite out of their rebuild process yet, but I guess they're farther along in it. They're they're kind of more at the point yeah, where the they're full, full rebuild. There's some there's some pieces laying around in Oklahoma City. I, I mean, they're, they were a playoff team the last four years. Um, you know, early first round here, they look like they could be a second round team. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I understand your point. Either way, it's not, I think I don't, was, there's no I point in debate. Was, I, 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 I think there's a, I think there's a bigger thing going on in, in the NBA right now of everybody. There's a championship or nothing approach in the NBA right now. 100%. The teams that are teams that are furthest away from the championship caliber play that they're looking for are blowing it up, rebuilding and putting new pieces in place. I think sometimes those those rebuilds are not premature but uncalled for in certain ways that uh, you do have a good coach in the building. Uh, you, you do have some good players there. Like, can we retool and not rebuild? Whereas mm-hmm. if you're not contending for championships, fire everybody. Like, Brett Brown's a good coach. Billy Donovan's a good coach. Um, my understanding of the Houston situation is that... Um, it's not like everybody just kind of ran Yeah, that's, ran that, sounded like, it, that sounded more like D'Antoni than mutual. Like, that mm-hmm. sounded like I, I'm getting out and of said, um, He said, because his contract was up, it sounded like he said, he said, I'm going to go test free agency. I believe the verbiage was, yeah, electing not to renew, or yeah. electing not to pursue a new contract with a team or something like that. So again, verbiage... Just glad the Bulls didn't one. go get Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> Let the press release read Billy Donovan, head coach, Chicago Bulls. Yeah, either way, I mean, we're debating stuff that doesn't really matter here, debating semantics. But it sounds like is the Bulls got themselves an established NBA veteran head coach who, at the very least, and I think most importantly, I shouldn't have said at the very least, most importantly, has a very good relationship across the league with players and a good reputation with with players across the league, obviously. All the now, guys who played for him at Florida, Bradley Beal, Joakim Noah, see him as, you know, they yeah. call him family, a father type figure. And it seems like they have more of a player's head coach. Granted, Kevin Durant did leave under his regime, but also I yeah, think Kevin Durant was leaving let's no matter not what. Read, yeah, let's not read too far into Kevin Durant's decision. No, he was going to the Warriors no matter In who terms was coaching of where that he, team. Where, yeah. he, um, I think that you that's the only question that, you know, he's, he's always had good players. Yes, he did turn a group around, but a lot easier to turn things around when you have a motor like Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. an alternator like uh, James Harden, and a gas pedal like Russell Westbrook. Like, it's just, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel that those pieces are in place in Chicago right now, but I, I am thrilled with the hire. I think, I think he gives you a better chance to bring in those pieces too. And I, I also think that there's something to a name. And, and yeah, we want to give we want to give coaches opportunities, and, and you want these coordinators and assistant coaches at all levels and all sports to be given, you know, their moment in the sun to see if they can rise to the occasion. But Billy Donovan is a name that has been in coaching for decades. Like this is I can remember. This is not uh, to to paint broadly here across all Chicago sports. Usually not what happens. Like going no. to get the established name in any team in town. Yes. No, okay. especially uh, the Bulls. Though you look at what they've done. I mean, when they they went out and got Tibbs. Granted, Tibbs was the hot assistant name on the market, but exactly. Tibbs was an assistant. It was a first time head coach. They went That's out it. and got Fred Hoiberg, who was, you know, technically established at Iowa State, but he was a college head coach at a, a small Big Twelve school for a couple of years. This is the first time. I think. I think just about any team a, since Joel Quenville that I can remember that a Chicago team went out and got like, oh, that's a guy. And you could uh, Joe Madden obviously had a Joe Madden. I don't a yeah, championship I guy, but 
just yet. That was an like established that. guy. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, point being, it doesn't happen. I, I think that I think that what we've talked about with the Bulls over the last few podcasts in which they've come up, it it doesn't feel. It feels like one foot is being put in front of the other, mm-hmm. and that's not always the case when you are on these journeys trying to get back to the top. Is sometimes a move is made and you feel it's lateral, or a move is made and you feel like why did we go and do that? This is it, it. It's felt like for the better part of a few months since the firing. Um, or since even prior to the firing, the clearing out of the front office, um, at least half of it, um, it, it's felt like the Bulls have put one foot in front of the other and been very, very proactive with their offseason. They didn't let this they didn't let this head coaching search come to them. Arturis Karnaschovas, or we're going to get used to saying it at some point. Just AK, but AK. He's AK. AK has come in and obviously laid out a plan. And I don't know if they're sitting in the room and they have their name of head coach, name of head coaching targets, and then you, and then the news comes down that Billy Donovan is no longer going to be the head coach in OKC. Does he go to the top of that list? Was he always on the list? However, they're going about it. They're targeting their guy. They're going to get their guy, and hopefully, they take that same approach from a player standpoint when it does come time to woo some free agents. Yeah, and what I like so far, at least from what, what we've seen from AK, is that like. All of these moves are seem to be calculated, planned out, and on his time. He's not like mm-hmm. when right when he took over, even here, like on our podcast, we're saying, you know, why? You know, when are they going to fire Jim Boylan? What what's going on here? He took his time. He planned things out. He thought things out. He had a map, and he stuck to his plan. He didn't cave to outside pressure, whatever. He's yeah. doing things on his time. He's not reacting. He's you know being he's being proactive on his own schedule, and I, I think that. That speaks volumes for the type of leader. Like that, that that shows me that you're a leader who believes in himself, trusts in himself, and isn't going to cave to outside pressure. And in a city like Chicago or in a city like New York, where there is a lot of that outside media pressure to be reactionary, he's not going to do that. He's going to plan out and map out all of his moves, which obviously in free agency you have to act a little bit quicker. But I, I don't doubt that he's a guy who's going to have things mapped out early on in a season, mid-season, for what he wants to do in an off-season, knowing when things come up. And quite honestly, 365 days ago, the thought of Gar Foreman, John Paxson, and Jim Boylan going into a room to woo a free agent terrifies me. And now the thought of AK, Mark Eversley, and Billy Donovan going into woo a free agent makes me feel a hell of a lot more confident the Bulls are actually going to have a seat at the table to talk to these big-time free agents that maybe not aren't going to be out there this year, but the year after and the year after that. The air in the room is changing. I always yes. talk about the air in the room, and then I always talk about how I always talk about the air in the room, and it feels like the air in the room. You is love talking That's, about the air in the room. That's true. The air in the room is the air in the room is a is a flawless. Uh, well, you got to have Monday, air in the room if you're going to win. Air in the room is a flawless Monday mor- Monday morning quarterback theory. Okay, it, it, I lean on it. Uh, with that said, let's let's turn our attention here to to what we do best uh, during the fall here. Matt, Bears. Let's talk a little NFL football. Let's talk a little Bears. Uh, we're going to give you the NFL whip around, but first thoughts on what you saw out of the Bears against the Giants. I'll let you kind of uh, set course here, and I'll follow wherever you want to go. We we talked about this uh, a little bit briefly on the uh, on the on the Call of Duty sticks a little bit. Um, I thought Mitch was – some people are on Mitch and saying he wasn't good. I thought he was – and it's weird that I'm saying far from the problem because they, they did win. They did beat the Giants 17-13. to 13. But I thought it, it, he was very good in the first half. and the second half, he didn't play so well, but I didn't really think that was on him so much. I thought that was more play calling, took a little bit of a turn. Yeah. Defense, I don't know if they got tired or what happened over there, but they kind of seemed to – 
for whatever reason, not be able to slow down a pedestrian Giants offense. But I, I know we can say we're two and zero. Yeah, exactly. Two weapons. What one of the, their best weapons? Yeah, exactly. They had their. I mean, they were throwing to Evan Ingram and Golden. Let's not sleep on Golden Tate. All right, he, he's pretty good. <laughs> um, we're two and zero, and I'm very happy the Bears are two and zero. They've beaten two teams that, quite frankly, they should. But this still isn't a team that three weeks from now is going to. That game's not beating Tampa Bay. It's just not that that team's not beating the good teams. That team is not beating Green no, Bay the way they're playing. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Granted, I'm, but, I'm happy they're two and zero and figuring in a spot. They're this, two and zero and having to figure that out. Not zero and two, but still, they, they're they're not a finished product. They still need to take steps. Is this the iteration of a talented Bears team that? undoubtedly plays to their competition's level. Like they're never going to win we'll a game by more than four points, never going to win a game by more than five points. But in those bigger moments, they rise to the occasion. It could be that. We will see that down the road. I'm not saying Atlanta is this massive hurdle to climb next. No, but Atlanta is probably a team they're going to need to put up 28 points. Yeah, and they should be able to because it's mm-hmm. the worst. But in, in two in two weeks here, it's the worst pass defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, and they are going to attack you through the air as well. I liked what I saw out of the secondary with the Bears. Eddie Jackson looked, you know, yes, they flag him for that I play. I love bang, the Bears bang. secondary right now. I, I love how aggressive Eddie Jackson's been out there, and I love what I've seen out of Jalen Johnson early on. Mm-hmm. He, I, I forget what the number was, but he's rated amongst the top five in cornerbacks right now in pro football focus through two games, like whatever their advanced metric is. He's playing I, I really saw good the, football. I saw the QB ratings. I forgot exactly what they were off the top of my head, but the QB ratings against uh, on balls thrown to Kyle Fuller, to Jalen Johnson, and to Buster Screen were ridiculously like good defensively, so bad QB ratings. But, for, yeah. but so across the Tarant- NFL, they had a great week. To kind of Tarantino it here and give the ending before the beginning, I, I think they match up nicely with Atlanta next week. But in terms of what we saw against the Giants – both sides of the ball lack the killer instinct, the sense of, mm-hmm. hey, we have this team on the ropes here in the second quarter or early third. Let's put them away. Let's score another touchdown. Let's, you know, there's no, there's no ability to run it up uh, with the offense that we have right now. And like you said, the play calling was a, a little dialed back uh, out of the, uh, out of the halftime break. But I thought Mitch was good again. I mm-hmm. thought Mitch Trubisky was Mitch Trubisky. Like I thought, like my expectations that version Mitch of Mitch can win you ball games because the thing that Mitch didn't do this past week it didn't felt it didn't feel like he missed too many obvious ones mm-hmm. like even on the big Allen Robbins play everyone wanted to say hey check it down out here to Jimmy Graham he's walking into the end zone week one there was a wheel route I saw I think it was Cohen out of the backfield that he missed but it looks like he's I don't want to give him the credit of going through his progressions because he's not. He's it's literally not like fully no. It's literally like Allen Robinson and then check it to whatever best quite, available option. In a situation is. like but, that with Mitch, like if your first read is like you said, is Allen Robinson that's your good and you see Allen Robinson in one on one, I'm never gonna fault the quarterback no, for giving his best receiver a chance in a one on one. Like that's never that's, a bad that's there's, why you have that. There's type bad of throws to make to that guy, but th- that's never to me a bad decision. If you give your guy a chance in one on one, I I'm okay with that ten times out of ten. And I think that's I, I think that's the message that's being passed along to Mitch Trubisky right now because it does look like at times he's just forcing that duck ball into number twelve because he knows twelve's either going to bail him out or twelve's big enough and physical enough that that ball's going to hit the ground mm-hmm. and you know that's that's one approach and when you're not working with a set of 
you know, I don't even want to say Patrick Mahomes, but if you're not working with a set of advanced tools, which I wouldn't argue that Mitch Trubisky's tools are all that advanced, mm-hmm. you have to you have to game plan around it. And sometimes that does mean turning it around, turning around, handing it off to David Montgomery, who knock on wood, prayers he up. He looks good. Um, he not only looks good, but. I mean, he's a tough uh, sob. That's uh, put how much value you want into the toughness of a player, but the ability to land on your head like a lawn dart <laughs> and go get checked out and then come back into the game and run the football against NFL talent again speaks volumes to the quite honestly, for that guy. Not that he didn't run the ball well in the first half, but when they really needed to run the ball well in the second, he was better in the second half probably because he got more of a chance to do it. But he yeah. was better after the injury almost than he was before it. Uh, digging into the box score a little bit here, Mitch was eight of tw- er, eighteen of twenty eight for a buck ninety, two TDs, two INTs, rating a seventy eight, QBR fifty two four. Like it, it's still just it's still just Mitch. It's still just okay, and that's what it's going to he, be. And he was really that- a tale of two halves. He had a great first half, and then I really, I, I, it's if, even if he would have been allowed to open it up a little bit in the second half more, it probably would have been a similar stat line, probably a few more yards. Yeah. But I do think the play call. I, I think going into the one of the final couple of drives in the fourth quarter, like he was only four of eight passing. Like he yeah. wasn't it wasn't getting that many chances to throw the football. Like And if you if you do just go by the numbers here, the whole whatever narrative Allen Robinson wants to make about his situation in Chicago and getting the ball, he got the most targets out of anybody. He he was targeted yeah. nine, nine times. times. Yes, it's only three catches. He only ends up with thirty three yards because sometimes it is Mitch trying to squeeze one in, but Nine targets, and more importantly, the breakdown in the backfield. Uh, I want to get your take here on Cordell Patterson because he is eating off the plate of Tariq Cohen, and mm-hmm. you just paid Tariq Cohen six million a year, uh, give or take a couple bucks. Yeah, I don't. What what happens there now? I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I like Tariq Cohen, but it, they paid him without really seemingly knowing how to use him. If that makes like he he is a weapon in the right hands. Yeah. I ju- it just doesn't seem like Matt Nagy really knows how to use him. I, like He works well I in think- those quick little bubbles when he gets motioned out. He's not, but like, Cordell Patterson is taking his carries, and quite honestly, Cordell Patterson should be taking his carries because he's much more of See, a... I, I don't agree I, I think with he's that. a better... I like, think that... In between think the that- tackles running back. Maybe, yes, and he was extremely serviceable when Montgomery was getting checked out, and mm-hmm. it wasn't just Cohen, Cohen, Cohen. Um, he, he's a little bit bigger where you can put him between the tackles, but I argue that Tariq is as well. Like, yes, he's small, but he's proved to be durable. We don't have to mm-hmm. treat it with kid gloves anymore, okay? He's second contract. Again, if Matt Nagy wants to be like this Shanahan Jr. off the tree of Andy Reid, Kansas City offense— then turn on the Kansas City game and watch what Andy Reid does mm-hmm. with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's undersized. Maybe not the Tariq Cohen's aspect, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire is getting zone-blocking schemes off the edge and letting him read it, like bounce it if you want, hit it up in the middle. He's hard to find all the things we say about smaller backs. I think Tariq Cohen can be a 60-40 to David Montgomery. Like I still think you can hand him the ball. It doesn't need to be gadget. And if it, I think this is what we're doing is it's becoming gadget, and then you don't want to run Gadget, so then he only touches the ball five times. And then you're saying, where's Tariq Cohen? Well, we didn't run any plays for him because yeah. we only have Gadgets for him now. And I, honestly, I, they, I think they need to just – they need to do a better job of finding a way to get him the ball in space. I, I'm, I'm with you in the thought of – granted, we're not at practice. We're not seeing how they're using him in practice. Maybe he is getting a chance to run the ball in between the tackles and, and benefit off those zone schemes in practice a little more, not taking advantage of it. But, like – 
his one reception, they did a great, I believe they motioned him out from the backfield, got him in the slot and the trips and just kind of hit him on a quick little bubble yeah. instead of like, there needs to be more of that. And quite honestly, there Aaron, needs to be more of that. And then using that to, you know, maybe hit that quick little bubble burst where you fake the, you know, fake the bubble hit someone like that's something once he motions out, teams have to account for. And if they're not make them pay and hit him because if you get him the ball yeah. with a receipt, with a, with a linebacker one on playing one, seven yards off him yeah. and you got two receivers that make it's a block, he's going to pick up 10 to 15 yards every time. Like that needs to be something that they take advantage of. And I just, I feel like since the, since quite honestly the Eagles playoff game, we haven't seen them taking advantage of Tariq Cohen out in space, which is what he's in the NFL for. That's why he's in the NFL because if you get him the ball in space, he's really hard to tackle. Two separate occasions. Two excuse me. Two separate occasions on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers had pressure off his front side. Literally just dropped his left foot, flipped the ball over to Aaron Jones because he knew he had no one covering him, just mm-hmm. looping out of the backfield. Like John Gruden can't go broke making a profit. Can't go broke making a profit. Mitch, you don't have to drive it downfield. We don't want to see that ugly duck ball anyway. Just find your guys and, like you said, work it like like basketball on grass. Like find your guy who's got the one-on-one. Find your guy who's got a pin down. Like find your guy coming off a screen. Make it easy. Make it easy. Uh, but uh, we can sit here and complain. Obviously, there's going to be shortcomings of this offense. Give me a couple things you liked about Sunday's effort. Um, I mean, came down to the last whistle or last play and even a flag that had us holding our breath, but it is a Bears yeah. win. What did you like? Uh, I was, uh, I very much liked, again, I know the offensive line gave up four sacks, but I very much liked the offensive line play. And I liked how they were able to, again, get in a rhythm because they mm-hmm. gave the run game a chance early. I love the fact that Matt Nagy seems to actually, like, we called him out on it last year, and maybe last year he felt it was a little bit too late in the season to kind of revamp what they were doing to get into it. But he certainly came out with a plan this year to establish the run. He's done that, and I think we're seeing now why they've tra- why they traded up for David Montgomery, and he he mm-hmm. looked very good as well. I'd like to see he had 16 carries. I'd like to see 22. I, I really think he's that good of a back. He has that kind of potential where he can be a 20 carry guy a game. I thought he was fantastic. I thought when it came down to it, the Bears needed to run the football in the second half and kill clock and hold on to it. They were very much able to do that. So I, I, that that was the biggest takeaway for me. And again, I, we talked about it, but the secondary I thought was again very good. Yeah, for me, I, I liked. I. I it's funny because we all, we always sit here and we talk about the things that we know. You talk offensive line play. I talk wide receiver mm-hmm. play. And I like the physicality of the wide receivers right now. I like how they're attacking footballs. There's still too many drop balls. And even my positive yeah. here is a negative. But I like the core of targets. Cole Komet, I, I mean, he runs a couple routes. You can see why he's not out there as much as maybe you'd expect uh, the top overall draft pick from last year's class to be. Mm-hmm. Still a little bit raw, still a little bit clunky. He's going to be a guy that learns from Jimmy Graham, too, Jimmy, which might Jimmy be a reason Graham, why he's here. Jimmy Graham runs a little post up and you score touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I, I think Jimmy Graham can still be a, a, a version of Jimmy Graham. So I'm really encouraged by the targets. Now we need to employ the targets the proper way here, as we've talked about a little bit, but I'm really encouraged by the guys around Mitch that he has to try and make them look good. It, it's, I, it's, been, yeah, it's, go been, it's been, it's been better than I expected thus far in the season. I guess another plus side for me, which also like, similar to you, is a negative on the other end of it. Darnell Mooney, I think he, he played up. He was fine against the Lions, made a, one or two really you know nice grabs and two catch. But I thought he made the touchdown catch here where he kind of had to fight for one on a duck for Mitch. And I thought he played a really good game. On the other side, that means he's 
cool. He's already clearly beat out Ted Ginn, who was a healthy scratch. And yeah. he's taking some snaps from Anthony Miller, who was a guy at the end of the year we kind of saw take a step and played pretty well against Detroit. But you're going to need to see Anthony Miller be a, a fixture in this offense if this offense is going to get to where you want to go. Dropped but that said, one, but. Darnell Mooney um, has been, so far through two games, I think a pretty big bright spot and, and established himself as a legitimate NFL you know, second, third option in this offense. And you want to make fun of the Bears and their tight ends? Well, Jimmy Graham caught I a don't. pass. I Javon was one Wims who caught a pass. Cole Komet caught a Javon pass. Javon Wims isn't a tight end. He's a receiver. Yes, Wims is on the outside. Excuse me. Um, who's the? Uh, who am I thinking of? The, Demetrius, Demetrius Harris. Harris. Mm-hmm. Demetrius Harris. Um, did not. Bobby Massey caught a targeted pass. once. Bobby Massey caught a pass, and probably the biggest grab of the game in that moment. Uh, it would have been fourth down. You'd have been giving the ball back to uh, the Giants with plenty more clock, and uh, comes up big. And the funny thing about it is, I'm sitting at work with a bunch of Giants fans watching this, and like we're digging at each other, but we're also trying to be respectful of like the strife that. Yeah. Each is going through because it's a, it's a similar strife of shitty shitty team in a big market. Um, for lack of a no, no, for lack of a nuanced explanation, it's so fair. They were sharing a sweat, but it was a, it, they were on the wrong side of it this time. So uh, it was nice to be it was nice to be the one. I, I called I called ball game. I was in people's faces when Eddie Jackson picked that off. They were like, flag, By flag. The, that so should was, not I, judge. No, I, my my argument there was that Malcolm not, Butler won a Super Bowl making that play. Yeah, like it's, that. Ball, it's the type of play he didn't make a play on the guy. He made a play on the ball. Exactly. He has, he's every bit as entitled that ball as I forgot who the receiver was. It's the type of play and the type of ball that is right, however you call it. I think that that if it's called pass interference, I have no problem with it. If it's not called pass interference, I have no problem with it. I'm going to have a problem with it if I end up on the wrong side of it, if I have a rooting interest, yeah. uh, either monetary or uh, my my bears. So I, I think that that's a, that's a tough one. I don't want to be the bang-bang guy, but it's bang-bang play. And um, bears got out of there with a W anyway. So uh, I think that all in all, 2-0, we move on. We're on to Atlanta, right? Any big concerns after that game coming from from everything? Big, I'm concerned about everything. Okay, obviously, you know, a big no. one. Though, where I feel like we're minorly concerned about everything right now. My big concern with the Bears is their ability to pay anyone in the offseason. That's but also that's true. like that's like not a now thing. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Khalil Mack. That's, I, I thought he was better today, but yeah, he, he, Sunday he had a sack. He was a little. He, bit, I'm just concerned about the pass rush overall. He comes up with the fumble. And he came up with the fumble because he was still at the line of scrimmage, like he was stalemated at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. His he doesn't look as twitchy. He doesn't look as quick as explosive. He doesn't look like he can make that one foot in the ground, make a tackle, miss, be I, on the quarterback. Like I don't know if he's dragging God. people to the quarterback when he gets there. I don't he's know if some of this anymore. is limited, like you know, limited camp time to kind of get yourself back in that groove. Limited preseason. Not that those guys took too many snaps, but for me, the biggest concern is is from the defense, even though they've been somewhat, you know, Detroit. They were kind of bad in that second half, and then yeah. they figured out the end. This game, they were fine, but they kind of almost gave it away down the stretch. The two biggest names on the defense or two of the three biggest names, not including Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, I really haven't noticed this year. And that's a problem because this yeah. defense, when they're... when A couple plays they, early by Akeem, couple if they're plays gonna have a chance, there by Exactly. Mack, they're good at... They, they, they they're did that early in the first quarter. They're, the they're game breakers. I, I like the 
big play on the first drive of the game that gets you some momentum. But you know what? I also need that in the fourth quarter when Daniel Jones is moving the ball down the field on you pretty much at will. Like one of you two who are established as these defenses leaders, you know, best players, whatever, you need to go out and make a play at some point. And quite honestly, in a big drive, they've had a couple chance a couple games now with plenty of chances against you know Detroit and New York late in the game, they haven't made those plays yet. And I'm, I'm yeah. still waiting for those plays. We saw that all the time in 2018, whether and, it was, you know, Sunday night football a couple times against Minnesota and L.A. where Hicks was big or early on in the season where Mac was. We haven't seen that yet, and I, I'm, I'm waiting on that. And I only call it a concern because you and I and plenty of other Bears fans and non-Bears fans have sat here and made excuses for Khalil Mack. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, Akeem Hicks being out, having injuries, being dinged up. He's got no excuse teams. now. Robert I, Quinn's I just, back. Yeah, Robert Akeem Quinn's Hicks there, is back. You got to go back and be the game breaker that uh, you got paid to be. So that is that is my looming concern. I also think it's not going to get talked about a lot because it's such a a you know not attractive position. I I think they do miss Eddie Goldman quite a bit. Yeah, I, I this that Vince Wilfork type nose tackle in the three four that takes up two or three blockers like. Mm-hmm. They miss that, and that's not that's not a full excuse, but that does go that does factor into it. But I think they miss him. All right, Matt. Well, I think we've uh, said our piece as we always do on the Chicago Bears. Let's rip, whip it around the NFL. Uh, hit my music, or wait, 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 wait. Actually, before you hit the music, I oh, think wow. I have I have to like get out in front of something here. And this I'm is excited my, to hit the music. This is my apology to young quarterbacks. This Whoa. is my apology to this is my formal apology. I love to, that you're getting out in front of this because I know exactly what you're talking. This about. is my formal apology to. Only no, you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Now, uh, there's a couple quarterbacks who had big Sundays that I have long been hard on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been, I've given them a, a bit of grief. I've given them the prove it treatment, and some guys are taking steps forward and proving it. Kyler Murray has looked mm-hmm. fantastic through two weeks. He's been hard to defend. Football still looks too big for him, but I think I'm becoming a Kyler Murray believer. Josh Allen, who I have been on, hard, I, I've given a hard time. I've held out. I've held out question on Josh Allen as as long as to last week, as soon, as early as to last week. I've said, yeah, but he missed one in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen is becoming a franchise quarterback. I think the Buffalo Bills can feel good about Josh Allen being their quarterback. Um, longevity does come into question when you play the game the way Josh Allen and Kyler Murray Murray play it. But we're not talking about longevity here. We're talking about who's going to be the quarterback of your team for the next five years. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, um, Lamar Jackson, they've answered my question. They've they've passed with glowing A's across the board, and, and they've been within their offenses as productive as you can really ask a quarterback to be through two weeks. I think that all three of those offenses have looked really, really good and those quarterbacks have made good decisions. So I want to tip that my was, hat to Josh was, Allen, to Kyler Murray. I mean, I've never been – I've never gone very big Lamar. Lamar. Lamar's always been my guy. It's just, yeah. just always been a, a question of longevity, and only time will tell that story. I will not but Honestly, stand I think down, for all of those guys you, you talked about. I will not stand down on Herbert just yet. No, I right? was – I quite honestly – we. I mean, if you – do you want, should I hit the music now? Or do you want to start with that game? Hit the music. Let's jump into that game. We're going to start with that game, and then we'll go back to the top. Um, I was thinking about it. I was getting texts about how I need to lay into you about that. I, I'm not going to do ahead. that yet. I'm not, not going to do it yet. I'm not going to do it yet. It's okay. Hey, Joe, 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 Joe. I'm, I'm talking. not yelling at you. I'm talking. No, but at, just let me talk. The, the let, me, let me talk, and then you talk. Um, 
I thought it was a impressive first game for a any rookie quarterback to go up the defending Super Bowl champions. He threw for over 300 yards. I don't think it's anything. It's like, oh man, he's the next one. He's a superstar. I thought it was a nice start. Um, other than that, like, I'm not gonna. He one didn't win the game. That's not all on him. Obviously, they were playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and Harrison Butker drilled three consecutive 58-yard field goals to beat him. Which From what I was, we've seen out of kickers as of late, Her- the kicking PR needed Harrison Butker. It really did. Um, it was an impressive first game. I don't think anybody can deny that. I don't think you can't, but you can. But like. It's one game. We need to see a whole lot more from him. That said, I kind of thought his head coach throw under the bus isn't the right word. And I know like he wants to keep starting to Rod Taylor, but like I thought he went out of his way to almost put down Justin Herbert in the post. He didn't put him down that. Here's what he's doing. He's taking all the weight off Justin Herbert's shoulders. The way that Justin Herbert came into this game. Hey, it's game time. Tarad's got chest pains, his ribs hurt, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You're in. He didn't have any... the hospital. About, I didn't realize have, that until I know, later. And I, I think that they're doing more tests, and I think Justin Herbert's going to end up being the quarterback because I don't know if Tarad Taylor's going to be ready to play football yeah. on Sunday, but we'll see. I think that being told you're going to be the starting quarterback moments before the game releases all of the weight off your shoulders. I think that yeah. I think that your coach after the game saying we love what Justin did, but he's not our starting quarterback takes all the weight off your shoulders. So they're saying all the right things. Justin Herbert's going to be the starting quarterback of that team sooner rather than later. He was 22 of 33 for 311 yards, a touchdown through the air, a touchdown on the ground. The biggest stat is the INT. Made a boneheaded mistake late that let the Chiefs back into him. And that's what a rookie's going to do. I, I thought that he rose to the moment, to the occasion. He did get a Chiefs defense or a Chiefs team as a whole that slept walked into Los Angeles. 100%. That, that's true. And I think that LA defense is one that can move momentum and change tempo of a ball game as well. They're going to be given a lot more credit as days go on here about this LA defense and what they're rolling out there so it was a perfect storm for justin herbert to look great to look good to look serviceable to look like the future in his debut i'm not quite ready to say hey, you, you don't Sorry, have, justin hey, and hey you don't have to be that, that's one game and we've seen you know better debut. baker mayfield had a better debut debut and we've kind of seen what he's regressed to now but all we can say is after one game i think that was an impressive first start against even though like you said it was a in terms of a you know being told when you're started don't have time to think about it an ideal situation for a rookie still went up against Super Bowl champions took him to overtime solid first start for the first round pick all right let's run through it feels like a week ago because it almost was Cincinnati and Cleveland Cleveland wins 35 to 30 it's a fun it was a fun Thursday night it was that's Joe what Burrow Thursday night football should be and and Baker Mayfield that's what let that let those two teams play every week on Thursday night uh, Atlanta and Dallas Dallas wins 40 to 39 overcoming a 20 deficit with less than 10 minutes to play um, Atlanta just knows how to lose games they know how to give leads away my the jury is out on Dallas right now it really is um, yeah it didn't Dak, like that didn't do Dak much for me for Dallas Dak uh, he also became here's your historic note historical note Dak became the first quarterback in NFL history on Sunday to throw for 400 plus yards and rush for three touchdowns three quarterback sneaks uh, whatever it means take it from there Dallas wins they avoid the 0-2 start Atlanta comes in licking their wounds to Chicago uh, let's let's go bear down uh, Detroit yeah. and Green Bay 
early on, Detroit uh, looked like they wanted to hang around, but Green Bay's offense is something is something special, uh, it, despite the lack of brand names. But uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care who's standing around him this season, it doesn't look like. Uh, Green Bay 42, Detroit 21. It was really the Aaron Jones game. Uh, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams didn't do much of anything. He had three grabs on the outside uh, before leaving the game. Got nicked up as well. So No, it's kind of like they, what you saw there. they haven't added much to that offense, but they still have two of the best, you know, two of the best players in their position groups in the NFL. I think Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams have kind of established themselves in the last two years as top five running back, top five receiver in the NFL. And as long as you have those two in Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have a chance to win. No argument. Game I watched least of award goes to Jacksonville and Tennessee. I literally could not tell you one play from that game. Tennessee wins at 33 to 30. Uh, I didn't watch much of it either, but from the stat line (laughs) and from, uh, from the stat line, the plays I did see, Good on the two quarterbacks in this game. Two guys that, especially in Ryan Tannehill, even though signed that big extension, kind of written off a little bit. Yeah. He quietly seems to be like living up to that contract. And they, again, not against two of the best teams to start the year, but good for him. He seems like he's taking a step. And Gardner Minshew really trying to fend off the Trevor Lawrence draft pick. Thank goodness. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> and Indianapolis. Indy Do the Vikings stink? 11. I don't know if the Vikings stink, but their defense is not this monster that uh, it was made to. Uh, it was made out to be. No, um, not I think at all. That, I think that one of the great home field advantages right now in the NFL is Minnesota. The whole skull thing, the mm-hmm. horn. They got a good vibe in the building, and when you remove that, I think you strip this team down to a little bit less than what it is. Indy looked much better than week one. Uh, Phillip Rivers went check down Charlie, uh, handed it off to Jonathan Taylor a million times, and that looks like a real bell cow. And Jonathan Taylor rushed for 100-plus yards. My biggest takeaway from this game is after two weeks, these are two teams I will not touch gambling on the rest of the season. That's uh, fair. Secondly, the Vikings offense misses Stefan Diggs so much more than they thought they would. And you're um, seeing immediately what he's done with Buffalo. Yep, and exactly. On the contrary, you like you talked about Josh Allen. He really made like it, he makes that offense go. He gives you like yeah. he is the perfect receiver for Josh Allen, who is the ultimate. Not not that he's it's really a knock on him, but he's a gunslinger. He's, I can throw the ball 80 yards, just go run underneath it. Stephon Diggs is a perfect receiver for that. Uh, you're seeing Kirk Cousins really, really miss that in the offense because as good as Adam Thielen is, he doesn't, Justin Jefferson so far hasn't really been the guy you thought he was going to be. And Adam Thielen's not a guy who's usually going to give you 16 games a year. So that offense yeah. misses him a lot. Uh, what do we have beyond that? We have the Buffalo Bills, Bills and the Miami Dolphins. We, Buffalo you talked Josh Allen. We talked Josh Allen. But, uh, Miami made a little push at the end. They're going to be a fun team, just not right now. San Francisco and New York. Jets are the worst team in football. If they could be relegated, they should Lock be. Lock of the week. Uh, San Francisco, yeah, Matt's lock of the week hits. He's now 2-0. Two and two and San Francisco loses their quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain. They lose Raheem Mostert with an injury. They lose both Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas early in the game to a torn ACL season enders. Terrible stuff. Yeah, uh, that's, Richard, that's tough. Richard Sherman's not on the field. The Jets could not muster up a drive against the twos for San Francisco, largely across the board. Uh, no George Kittle. It goes on. It goes on. The Jets are bad. San Francisco, I think... I, I think that injury bug has hit them too hard. Uh, and I think that the division is too difficult. And I think it's going to be a tall ask for them to get anywhere near they got last season. Yeah, honestly, like that, obviously they won huge against the Jets, a terrible football team, but they lost so much. And I think that week one loss at home 
to an Arizona team that now looks like from last year that was, you know, a fun team that can keep up to now a legitimate contender in that division. I think that loss at home to a contender followed by all these injuries. I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs, but it's going to be really tough to win that division with how Arizona looks and how Seattle looks. LA's 2-0 and they look pretty impressive granted against two teams that are underachieving so far um, it might be a little bit of a I don't even want to say hangover but kind of more of a regression to the mean because last year I think they overachieved a little bit um, might be a little more coming back especially now with their, their health situation Los Angeles and Philadelphia just touched upon it there. L.A. looked pretty good. Tyler Higby, three touchdowns. Philadelphia on the verge of relegation as well. Philly Denver stinks. And, they Denver stink. and Pittsburgh. You're ready to get rid of them. You're, you got Philly's on. They, 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 I can I just stop. I, we're still going to see them 15 different times on Sunday Jets Night Football this year. The NFC East stinks. The NFC stinks. That's I know you picked the Cowboys uh, to go to the Super Cowboy Bowl in our preview show. You're probably not too thrilled about that pick right now, but like, no, I think I think that they're still a dangerous team. They got to figure they're, it out. That's fair. They're they're of all the teams in that division, they are the most talented. The music they, is still playing. Denver okay, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins at 26. Talking about games, uh, I saw the least of this week. Denver, I saw a good amount of that one. Pittsburgh's defense didn't look to be the world beaters they were week one, but they are a tough group. Uh, Mm -hmm. Denver hung around despite losing Drew Locke. Uh, He's going to be out three to five weeks with a rotator cuff. I root for the kid. I'm I'm really a Drew Locke fan. I like the way he goes about his business. Uh, They hung around, couldn't get it done. Carolina, Tampa Bay. Tom Terrific gets his first win in TB, uh, 31 to 17. Wait, over wait. Carolina. I just want to say something about the Pittsburgh game. Chase Claypool, three three receptions, 88 yards, the long touchdown grab. Let's let's give some some props to the Irish guy there. Okay, Washington just and Arizona. Arizona looks solid uh, this season. We've already I've said my apologies to Kyler Murray. Um, I think yep. that this is more who Washington is this season. Arizona through two games has made it clear. We are going to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and you are not going to be able to stop us. That is uh, literally Murray. the best. You don't even need to be a good head coach to come up with that play. That it's, like, it's like, hey, Kyler, roll out. Take a look at DeAndre. If he's not there, make someone look stupid and get us eight yards. There you That's go. Essentially. And quite essentially. honestly, even if he's not open, like they still have weapons around him. They have Christian Kirk, who's solid. They have obviously Larry Fitzgerald has been there forever. Kenyon Drake's a solid running back. Like, it's not just DeAndre Hopkins. They've actually put some pretty darn good weapons around him, and they got a defense that's also flying around too. We started with Kansas City and Los Angeles, so we move ahead to Baltimore and Houston. My lock hmm. of the week, it hits. I'm now one and one. Baltimore wins 33 to 16, covering the six and a half. Uh, it was. It just looks like an even better Baltimore team. We said it last week. I'll say it until it doesn't look that way. Uh, they got back to Mark Ingram in the run game and, and having the accent of. Um, I, I keep getting Dobbins and uh, JK Dobbins. Up. No, Dobbins is in Indy. Um, in no, Dobbins Baltimore. is in Baltimore. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I've been yeah. those are two guys who are getting mixed up. JK Dobbins looked solid. Um, they kind of worked him into that. They're, they're just strong. They're gonna they're gonna break your will and they're gonna win the football game. That's essentially Baltimore's approach. And worked on Houston. Uh, worked in Week One, and I, I don't know who's going to be able to stop them. Perhaps it's perhaps it's Kansas City on Monday night this coming week. That's really that's the fun big ball game. game that I'm looking forward to. I uh, just I want to see Deshaun Watson with like. He doesn't okay. want to be there. He wants Deshaun exactly. Watson wants to give his money back. But hey, yeah, if he didn't want to be there, why did he sign that deal? Because I want to see the deal. He, did he sign the deal after Hopkins left? Does it before? matter? Like even yes, with Hopkins, they had a head coach that wasn't Hop- really doing him any favors. Yeah, but you're look, look what look what Kyler Murray's doing with DeAndre Hopkins. You add DeAndre Hopkins to an offensive attack, and it makes everybody better. I well, I'm, 
don't doubt that that he no he signed it after DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins I think traded so. pretty yeah. quickly after the year and then Deshaun yeah. Watson got his money he should have yeah. declined that money and came and signed it with the Bears I don't know we got what we're we gonna have seven quarterbacks looking at sure. just quarterbacks and tight ends roster of quarterbacks if, and if one of them is Deshaun Watson I don't care if we have 10 New England and Seattle was a heck of a ball game the last three New England Seattle matchups have been decided by the last play of the game on the goal line uh, dating back to the one before the Super Bowl Malcolm Butler was mm-hmm. one prior to this and then uh, uh, Cam the gets Sunday stuck in the goal line yep. but if there's ever been a bigger loss win than what New England had against Seattle Seattle's going to be a tough team that a lot of people are going to look to as you know, an NFC champion type ball club as we get into playoff time. I think that that's what Seattle's going to be because Russell Wilson always has them there. And for New England to hang around, score 30 points and have a chance to win the game at the end of the game with a group of guys that nobody really knew what to expect from them. It feels like a win in New England. Yeah, I mean, especially with how they, I think you said, how they came back. I mean, that team was, they went down 38-23 in the fourth yeah. quarter and very easily could have just said, all right, you know, we're in Seattle, we're on the road. Russell Wilson's playing his ass off, this one's over. They didn't, they came back, had a chance, or whatever it was, I'm sorry, it wasn't 38-23, but they're up two scores. Um, this no. game for me just established, as well as so many of these quarterbacks are playing in the NFL, you, you got Lamar, you got obviously Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, who's the best player in the game. Russell Wilson looks as dangerous I hate that he called him whatever it was, called himself whatever it was. Dangerous Wilson. Yeah, he he looks really good. And quite honestly, if I needed to pick one quarterback for this, not going forward for the rest of their careers, but for this season and this season only, it's it. Russell Wilson. I think he's the best well, player in the Pat NFL Holmes right now. I win. New England and Seattle. We just did New Orleans and Las Vegas on Monday night. Vegas wins it, thirty-four to twenty-four. Um, that's a Vegas team that I spent some time around. Still a lot mm-hmm. of those pieces in that locker room. What changed from last year to this year was you go into the quarterback you own apology to. No, I, no, Derek Carr. Yeah, you look better than Mitch. You said he's Mitch Trubisky. You've said multiple times he's. Yeah, I okay. think he looks a little bit better right. than Mitch. No, I've called I've called Josh Allen Mitch Trubisky. You've called that's Derek Carr called. Mitch Trubisky. I could check the records if I wanted to, but I'm too lazy. All right, well then, sorry, Derek Carr. <laughs> he looked good, and I, I think that you know I think that myself included, people don't give Derek Carr the uh, the credit that he's due, uh, especially with some of the groups that he's had around him. It hasn't been the most talented, but this group, they have a little bit of talent, and what they're doing this year that they didn't do last year is they're coming out of the locker room. Like, they were getting toasted in mm-hmm. third quarters. Third quarters where they won the football game last night. Um, big takeaway Easily. here, though, is not a Las Vegas takeaway. It is that Drew, Drew Brees... Brees needs to find a broadcast booth because we we talked about it last year on the podcast and i don't want to say we're out in front of it because we weren't the only ones talking about it but you saw signs of drew Brees looking a little bit old last year and quite honestly the saints were buzzing a little bit better with Teddy bridgewater give the guy a break though he hears tom brady's gonna come take his job in new orleans of course sign me up for a year i'm not he's he's i don't want to call him done because it's hard to call legend ever done because sometimes they can dig down deep and figure it out but this has got to be the last year for Drew Brees in New Orleans. It's been a great career, but he just he can't throw the ball downfield. All their biggest plays last night came from you know dink passes to Alvin Kamara. On the other side, you got to give John Gruden and Mike Mayock some credit. We gave him a little. Yeah. We, we laughed a little bit last year when they signed Richie Incognito and signed Antonio Brown or traded for Antonio Brown, but. They've drafted really well and quietly have some playmakers on both sides of the ball that, quite honestly, they've found in late rounds. Yeah.
I think that their uh, plan is starting yeah, to come Josh together, Jacobs, and it's only year three of ten, so uh, plenty of time to get to the mountaintop. <laughs> stadium looks fantastic. Matt, that, do you have that a stadium lock? fits for that stadium oh, and fantastic. spot? That's the I, Raiders. I cannot wait to go see the Bears play there. Mm. Um, I just honestly, I'd rather not see the Bears play there, so I can root fair. for the Raiders. Fair. Um, just go for a Raiders. Rams game or something. Mm-hmm. Matt, lock of the week. What do you got for the people? Uh, I'm scrolling. I'm, if, you, if you got one, you can go. If not, I can come up with one. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers covering four against the Houston Texans. I believe in the Steelers. I think that they played a close football game this past week. I think the Texans are going to be worse than we even I think. I don't think they're, they're a good right t- They're not a good football team. No, and I think Pittsburgh's a top five, top six team in the league right now. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers laying four against the Houston Texans. Okay, I like that. I'm in between two. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about my San Francisco 49ers again. Uh, they're they're at the Giants. They're minus four. But I think I'm gonna go with my other one. I like your Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. They're laying Let's six go. at home against the Lions. I don't think the Lions are a good guy. football team. Look at this guy. He's got six points worth of belief in Kyler Murray. I How do have to say, that Arizona Cardinals team, that offense, that, I mean, the defense is even buzzing around. NFL. It's the Detroit no, I Lions. I, I they like that, stink. I like that. I like that um, pick as well. If, 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 if the ro- if the roles were reversed and they were in the you know in Detroit, might not lay that, but I'm going to lay six with the Cardinals. All right, so there you have it, Matt. Uh, why don't I'm 2-0. Oh. You're 1-1, one one, correct? That's that's it, 2-0, 1-1, and, oh, one and, one, cool. and uh, looking for nothing but winners moving forward. Why don't we jump in a little buy or sell here, Matt, before we say goodbye to the people. Got some topics to – got some uh, baseball. We probably got some U.S. Open. That's what yeah, – that yeah, we'll yeah. cover that's that that's in buy I'm going to lead you off with here, Matt. Buy you or start sell. It. Bryson DeChambeau has broken the game of golf. Oh, I buy it 100% because – he is set the uh, unless they decide they're going to you know nerf the golf ball a little bit. Um, he's set the precedent. We, we talked about it too, um, whether or not or, or months ago when he you know came out of quarantine looking like this, hitting the ball like this, whether or not it's going to change the game. I think I said no. I'm fully because the big on the question, other side of that, the big question would be how would it play at a place like Wingfoot, yeah, the U.S. Open setup. I've talked. I, I talked about it with my brother a little bit even today on the golf course. Me and Mike are playing, but like. What Bryson's done is made his game a four or five club game. I know he has 14 in the bag, but all he really needs, he needs a driver, he needs a wedge, he needs a 60, and he needs a putter. Like that, That's all he has to hit. Now, I bet he gets throw an eight but, iron in there, too, for the par fives. But like what he's done is he's eliminated long irons from the game of golf, which I think is in the long term – it's a little bit of a turnoff for golfers like you and me for, for I mean, sure. it, it makes the, sure. like guys like Rory, who are the is, best long iron players in the game makes that irrelevant. The thing is, it doesn't make it irrelevant. Bryson's not always going to have it the way he had it. Bryson's just found a different way to play the game. He's not going to win every week because he's doing it. No, but I think he's you're going to other guys trying to win follow every, that trend. Yeah. And just like shooter McGavin was out in the woods trying to figure out how to hit. Yeah. And he almost won the water. Everybody. It's not for everybody though. It's, I, I, I think it's a problem, but one very interesting theory that I heard about Wingfoot was that they made the fairways too narrow. And what you do when you make the fairways too narrow is you take the premium of accuracy away. You don't add to the premium of accuracy because if the fairway is so narrow then that only 30% of the field is hitting the fairway regardless of their length, well, then the guy who's furthest down the rough is going to win the tournament. They need to find a happy place between narrow and wide to where you're rewarding the guys who are keeping it on the map. They didn't Look at you, happy the guys place. You're growing all over Happy Gilmore today. Shooter McGavin, happy place. There it's you great. go. 
they didn't reward the guys. That that's my one knock on the way things set up. Yeah, you got one guy under par, and he was six clear of the field. It obviously looked like he found a bit of a cheat code because the rest of the field couldn't manage to get even, other than Matthew outside of Matthew Wolf. I think that it is indicative of the direction of maybe the science in golf that needs to be dialed back. But I also don't think that Bryson DeChambeau has figured out how to play the game better than anyone's figured it out. It, it, it's a game that can I just, be played so many different ways. That's what's beautiful is the million different swings, the, the tens of thousands of different approaches. That's what makes it such a great game. Bryson DeChambeau's numbers tell him to play it a certain way, and it's going to lead to some wins, but I, I don't think it makes him like this unbeatable force just because he's no, 360, 370 yards down the fairway. I just – I think it's – I think not everybody's he, going to try to follow that went, trend. You're going to – Go ahead. He he scrambled fantastic this week. He putted fantastic this week. That just as much of his length is why he won the golf tournament. But again, I think I think when you're capable, when you know off the tee that you're going to be 360 every time, it like I think that helps with what you have to work on in range sessions when you're working in between weeks and in between tournaments. He doesn't ever have to pick up a five iron. Ever. Scientists, scientists like removing variables. He's removing variables, he, th- and that's fair. But I also think what that's doing is that's making the game a little bit less relatable. Not that you know you and I are ever going to be players on the tour, but like you don't see players have to go driver five iron on a par four anymore. Not that they were and doing that, was, that, that much. You know, but I, I think that's something that you kind of have to get back to a little bit. I think and it was the no laying up guys who talked about it, and they said that like this is, you know, this is nothing new. Guys are. Guys have been pushing this envelope. It's just jarring to see it the way that Bryson's done it, but it does make it does make you realize how far the gap is between those guys and us. Was not, it, was not it that, the like no laying up like guys? A, not that there was a delusion that we were anywhere near them, but this is just like the stark reality of different game, different being. I think it was I think it was friend of the podcast Matt Seeger who sent it to me, but I, think, I also think it was from no uh the knowing up guys. One of them essentially did like walk through like Bryson's tee shots one through eighteen and mapped out how they would have lined up if you were playing at Augusta. At Augusta. And yeah. he had no less than like a hundred and thirty into a green. Okay. If he goes okay. to Augusta but you know what and there has is? No shit, you know what there is you know what there is at Augusta? Out of bounds. There's no out of bounds on Wingfoot. And Fair some enough. of those balls that he hit wayward would have been penalized, would have taken penalties. Augusta's not a – yeah, you got to have length at Augusta, but you win it on the greens. We'll see if he can – we'll see how close he can get it and how close he can wedge it and how well he was He was wedging it pretty close at Wingfoot. But Ray's Creek looms, and there are some wayward tee shots that could put you in spots where you're not just bombs away, chunk it, and putt it. it, it like there's a little bit more tact. You got to turn the golf ball. Bryson DeChambeau likes hitting the straightest golf ball he possibly can. You need to work the ball from right to left. That was his miss at wing foot, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he intentionally ever puts any move on a ball. He's trying to hit the ball as straight and as far as he possibly can. I think I'm curious to see. Curious to see what he does at Augusta because if he's he's able to, but if he's able to manipulate the golf course and, you know, does have an unbelievable week and is driver wedge driver, you know, nine iron every time out and goes and shoots 20 under or something like that. I think the people at Augusta might not really love that. Uh, Sorry. New, new kid in town. People that unlike tiger when the new ball came out and he was, just hitting the ball a mile in the air and winning every other tournament. Like I'm not comparing the two, but you know, sometimes things comes along, things come along that you got to get used to. And sometimes they hang around for 30 years and sometimes it doesn't work. 
Yeah. I think injury still looms with Bryce in the way he's swinging the golf club. I, and I think it's going to figure itself out. I think this is, I think this is an in- indication that golf needs to put a ceiling on the thing so we don't get like no, too I, far gone here with technology. But and that um, is totally there's going to be guys kind of what, we're, what I'm arguing too, is yeah. I think you do have to find a cap for you know you have to put a ceiling on the technology for everything because otherwise they'll keep finding ways to manipulate this. And I just, I think we're at about the limit of that. That makes sense. All right. What do you got? Congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau. Glad it wasn't. Yeah, Bryson. that was, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm glad. Fell it apart on Saturday, but he was I was there. a little was bit like, scary for a minute. <laughs> I'm not so much upset that Bryson won. I wasn't rooting for him, but I'm not upset that he won. I'm just upset that like, you know, Matthew Wolf just completely was out of it from like, Whole five in it, yeah, like it was. Look at his scorecard. I think he. What did he shoot? An even par seventy, or he shot a. That's great, but he was what, terrible. From like he started out awful. He just kind of like, he was one of those 21. guys. I'm aware. He be in college. I'm aware, Joe. I just would have liked to see a competitive. It happened. You know, it happened. I was at the PGA. He held the lead at the PGA. Uh, the I'm, 54 hole lead. Hey, what hey, a 21 yeah. year old is going to do at a major with the lead is lose it. Like, I'm not really <laughs> so much disappointed in him, just so much more disappointed for me that I didn't get to see a U.S. Open Sunday come, you know, come down to the final few holes down yes. the stretch. Yeah. That's all. I'm not like saying like, hey, you'll never be back. We're criticizing him. It's more like, hey, it would have been cool to have a U.S. Open come down to the final couple. Congratulations to the big golfer. What do you got, Matt? Um, the Sox, I'm going to go baseball here. Sox have lost four or five. And uh, this is all coming after the clinching of the playoff spot, taking three or four of the Twins, which was great. Um, buy or sell, there is a little bit of cause for concern the way they're limping down the stretch here in the playoffs. Um, I don't know if it's a limp more as it's a, uh, more of a lack of focus. And we talked about this early in the season for as much of a fun loving group that they are. They like having their chains and their shirts open and mm-hmm. Eloy likes wearing his hat backwards until the first pitch is thrown or likes having his hat on the side of his head or they're just goofing yeah. around in the dugout before the game. Time to lock in. Playoff time. Like you can, I feel like you could lose the attention of this group when attention isn't required at a high level. And I don't know if Ricky Renteria is the best guy to pull attention Bring that in. back in. I so. would agree with you. Um, I also think be, he's laying. I, I, I would buy that there's cause for concern because you never want to come into a playoff, especially with the offensive firepower that exists in the American League that you're going to run into regardless of how you're seated. Mm-hmm. You never want to come in limping. All right, other side of town. Okay, Cubs. I guess we, this can be more of like a just talking point, not necessarily a buy or sell, so we'll keep it even. Um, I know the Cubs are winning that division, and this isn't me being a Cubs, you know, a Sox fan, not liking the Cubs. This is me just being a general baseball fan who's seen the team a lot. How can you have high expectations for this team when uh, Chris Bryant is he's back now? I think he was pulled, might have been put on the IL or at least sidelined for a couple days. He's hitting under 200. Javi Baez is hitting right at 200, OPSing around 600, 700. Anthony Rizzo is hitting 200. Like, how can you be positive about this team headed into the playoffs given where their big sticks are at? Well, because they're three games clear in the division, four and a half games clear. What is it in the division right now? Like they're, uh, they're, they're, they're going to win that division because that division's been, not very good. They've still put forth the effort or put forth the, the game to get them in this position. Uh, current status of the ball club, like you're talking about, where the big bats are at. You gotta believe that if you're a Cubs fan or, or part of that organization in any capacity, that Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, those types of guys are come October 
going to be the guys that they got to be in October, regardless of the fans in the stands. But they they're one of the more three years. Yeah, but they're one of the more experienced groups. I guess that's what if you're asking me what would make me sleep at Fair as enough. a Cubs fan, they're one of the more experienced groups coming into this postseason. Fair enough. I, I think, and I don't mean to single somebody out, but man, Chris Bryant is losing so much money by the yeah. day. I mean, yeah. he, if he doesn't go out and have a, a 30 and 120 type season next year, he's going to go from a guy who would have made Nolan Arenado like 280 type money to, I mean, if if he he's not going to be this bad next year over 162, or he's not going to play 162, 140 probably. But what's he going to make if he has a, a year similar to this or just a little bit better? Yeah, like I don't he, know. I think that there'll be a market for Chris Bryant. He's still going to get. Where, he's still going to go somewhere. He's still going to get paid. I mean, he's a former MVP, but like this is. No, I, it's a, it's I don't want to bring regression. it back. He got hit in the head two years ago. I think it was in Colorado and missed a couple. You know, missed a, a week or so. Yeah. Since that happened, he has not been the same player. I don't know if it's connected. I, I, I can't be sure. But like since that point, that's the clear turning point in Chris Bryant's career. And it's a little bit worrisome just as a baseball fan, as a Chicago fan. <laughs> I uh, I can't argue with you. I, I, it's, I, I'll admit that I haven't watched every Chris Bryant at bat this year, but the fact that when we're putting together shows at the end of the night that his name has not been on a shot sheet this year for me. He has worse numbers um, than Nomar Mazzara this year. Yeah. Same amount, pretty much same amount of at-bats. He is average is less, OPS is less. I think he's got a, a, two more home runs, but like he's he's worse than Nomar Mazzara this year. And Nomar Mazzara has been by far the biggest disappointment on the south side as anybody. Uh, Matt, I got nothing else for you. I got no buy or sells. I got no opinions. I got. No I gave thoughts. you my mailbags. I gave you my buy or sells. Um, I gave you my heart. That's it. Oh well, that's nice of you. Yeah. How'd you uh, hit him today? By the way, you played. You played golf this morning. How'd you some hit good, him? some bad. Some good, some bad. Uh, we are a golf podcast here on the Moose News Podcast. We gotta ask. We both played golf today. Actually, you know the number him. seems to just like be hanging right there. 82. That's a good place. That's a good place to be. It's a good place to be because if you're shooting eighty four, eighty three regularly, means you're capable of the seventy nine. Yes. Here yeah, today was, it also today means was, you're capable of the 92. But today yeah. was the uh, today was the 85. Got some new wedges in okay. the bag, some new Cleveland wedges. And what I did, Ooh. I know we've we've given some no sponsors, no free ads. Excuse me, Callaway wedges, Callaway Callaway wedges. We've Phil. given some Phil. That's it. Phil. Did Bob you see Bob Phil hit the driver me, from like and, uh, 80 yards on the Roger left of the bunker in the U.S. Open? Yeah, by the way, I think it was a seven wood, but I know he put it on the back end of the green, but like he was to like 10 feet. I so I went to Golf Galaxy, told him set up the track man for me, give me the launch monitor. I know what the numbers, I know what to do with these numbers, just set it up. Um, hit everything, hit Cleveland, hit Callaway, mm-hmm. hit TaylorMade, hit Vokies, which I've had for a long time, Titleist. Yep. Um, and I let the numbers make the decision. Got some new Callaways in the bag. My dispersion with the Callaway wedges was so tight, like Ooh. even miss hits off the toe were going Love the number. Dispersion. And then and then I and then I take him out of the course today and played well with him. Almost hold one from like ninety five yards. Yeah, that's all you good. can ask. Yeah. So but, I got uh, I got a golf yourself, coming up. I, I, I play. I'm, I'm working on a new swing. If we're gonna, I, I, I'm working on. <laughs> if we're really gonna dig in, no, it. we're not. I'm not. It's not. <laughs> too, I, I credit to my brother Mike. He, he's he's seen something in the swing that's kind of he's narrowed down the inconsistency in the swing, and he's trying to really isolate the the one thing. He's basically. I'm laying it off at the top a little bit, and he's just trying to get me same exact track every time on the backswing, which is, it's going to be a long-term fix. It's basically refixing muscle memory, but it's going well. I, I hit, I actually outdrove him uh, one time go. today, which I don't think I've done in a couple of years, and I absolutely stuck one. But I, I may or may not have promised 
my brothers that we, we were going to Forest Dunes uh, in two weeks, I believe, which is, uh, I think it's number 18 public course in the country. We got an outing. They got a big match scheduled that I may or may not have promised them the winner of that match can come on the podcast and help with a course review. Okay. That's fantastic. Okay. Just wanted to run that by you. On You're air. the producer. You make those types of calls. Executive producer. Yeah. Yeah. I might not be here for that. I might not be here for that podcast. Who oh, you'll be there for that podcast. You'll, you're the moderator. Just make sure the checks keep cashing. I, uh, you know, I have, has one not cashed. Uh, like I think said, sponsorships still welcome here on the Booster News podcast. <laughs> um, still waiting. Yeah. Literally no, anything. I, we don't have a I'm price. Looking, looking forward to a little, uh, little bit of Rooney breakdown here then in a couple weeks on Moose and Runes. But for now, uh, we say thank you for listening. As always, for Matt, I am Joe. Get at us with those mailbag questions. It's football season. Bear down. Let's get a win this Bear down. Let's get a win. Uh, take down the birds. Clip the birds. Clip the dirty birds. Well, do a little like Jamal Anderson celebration. All that. Uh, but for now, we'll say goodbye. Uh, thank you for listening again to this episode of the Moose and Runes podcast. For Matt, I am Joe. Have a good week, people. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. Yeah!